0: All right, now, tonight's kind of my last night, as I just said. But according to the Mayans, uh, tonight could be the last night ever, all right? And so in two hours' time, we could be done forever. Um, so imagine for a second that was the case. Imagine the world was literally about to end in at 10, 11 past 10 tonight. Um, what would your last words be? What would you want your... You're all right. it's not going to happen. Oh, she's leaving, right? You're hugging because you're leaving. Yeah. Um, what would your last words be if... You're about to die tonight. What would you have to say? You know, there's there's a lot of things you'd want to say, isn't there? you want to be like, oh, I'm sorry for that time I did this to you, or I love you so much, or I don't know. You'd have all these different messages. You can have my CDs if you make it through, all those kind of stuff. Um, But what would you want to leave people, what would you want to leave people ringing in their ears with if tonight you're going to die? What would you want to say? Now, that, that letter that was just read out for us before from 2 Peter, is the Apostle Peter's last words. He's about to die, and he's saying, I'm on my way out, I'm going to die. Here's what you guys have to remember as I leave you. Here's what matters most. Listen to this stuff, and you will stick it out as a Christian. Miss this stuff, and man, you will fall as a Christian. So these are Peter's last words. Now, I'm not dying and the world's not ending, but guys, these are kind of my last words to you guys tonight as your youth pastor. And Peter's last words are really the words that I want to leave ringing in your ears uh, tonight because nothing matters more than the things we're going to see in God's word tonight. If you guys get this stuff, you'll be stable as a Christian, you'll be secure, and you'll be right. But if you miss this stuff, You will drift away from Jesus. That's Peter's concern for the people he's talking to, and and that's the stuff I want you guys to hear tonight. So I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to look at the Bible. Father, I pray that tonight, as we open your word, that you'd be speaking to us. Please please challenge us. Please help us to hear the warnings that you have for us in it. Please encourage us with these things. Amen. All right. Now, as I said before, this passage is a passage that's really about making sure that you stay a Christian, making sure you keep on going. And the first hugely urgent thing that Peter wants these guys to hear is this. Watch your back. Watch your back. Look after yourself. Check out verse 17. He says, Therefore, dear friends, since you already know this stuff that he's just been talking about, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from your secure position. He says, be on your guard. Watch out. Seriously, there's these, there's these guys about, there's these, these lawless men, he calls them, who are going to try and tell you lies about Jesus and have you drift away from him because of the lies that they say. And so he says, be on your guard. Look out. And he says, you guys already know this stuff, and so be on your guard. What do they already know? He says, therefore, dear friends, since you already know this stuff, blah, 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 verse 17, Look up at the verse above it. It says more about who these guys are. Verse 16, um, it says that Paul writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain, contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. And so what he's saying there is that there's these guys around, right, who who grab the Bible and the Bible says one thing and they grab hold of the Bible and they twist it and they bend it and they make it say something else so it says what they want it to say. They take truth and bend it and mangle it until it actually becomes a lie. And it's not just in chapter 3 here that Peter has this warning. One third of this entire letter, if you can remember from back earlier in the term, is all about false teachers. All, all, all the way back in chapter 2, the whole thing is one massive warning about how bad these false teachers are. Look at chapter 2, verse 2 with me. Here's how bad they are. Many will follow their shameful ways, verse 2 of chapter 2. Many will follow their shameful ways and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with stories that they've made up. These guys are bad news. They give Jesus a bad name. They exploit Christians by taking their money from them and rotting them. And finally, more serious than anything else, these guys lead people away from Jesus, which ultimately leads people to hell. And so Peter spends a whole chapter, a massive chunk of this letter, his last words, warning them about these people. Watch your back. Seriously, be on your guard. Be ready. Expect that they're going to come. And be ready when that does happen. The picture that this brings to mind for me is of one of my favorite YouTubes. Now, I don't reckon it's trying to be racist, but the YouTube's called... Um, never scare a black man, right? And so basically in this YouTube, the guy's a legend. I don't think they're bagging him out. Like he's heat's good. There's this guy getting interviewed, right? And it's like on Halloween and he's sitting there and they're like, hey Tyrone, what do you think about uh, trick or treating or something? And, and this guy's like, well, uh, and then a guy like jumps out of the bin next to him dressed up as a scary monster and this guy just goes, like the thing goes, and he just, He just punches him straight in the face. And he doesn't even hesitate. Like if someone jumped out of a bin and screamed at me, I'd jump back or I'd do something. Like this thing just appears. He doesn't even flinch. He leans into it and punches it in the face before he even knows what he's doing. Apparently, this guy's really on his guard when it comes to bin monsters, right? Now, now I don't think Peter's looking for that, right? He doesn't want you guys to be on your guard. So your friend's like, what's the time? You know, That's not what he wants. But Peter's saying, be ready... Be on your guard, be primed and alert, Watch your back, know that there's going to be people who are out to get you in your Christian life. It's a scary thing to be told that people are out to get you. They are, they really are. There are people who are going to tell lies about Jesus. And so be on your guard. Now guys, this might seem like some funny stuff to say in you know your last words to some people, but here's why this stuff matters. Getting Jesus right is the difference between heaven and hell. Knowing the truth about Jesus is like oxygen for a Christian. It's literally the thing that keeps us alive. Lies about Jesus are like carbon monoxide, like you breathe it in. It tastes just like oxygen. It doesn't smell bad at all, but actually it's poisoning you. The difference between heaven and hell. And so how do we protect ourselves against false teachers and against lies? By knowing the truth. Really, really well. So, Imagine you worked in a bank, right, and your job in this bank was to like spot all the counterfeit money that was coming into the bank and like get rid of it or whatever. How would you train for a job like that? One thing you could do is you could sit around for like your training time learning all the different types of counterfeit money. Oh, there's these ones coming in from Mexico. They look like this, blah, blah, blah. And you could learn about all the different counterfeits. But the best thing you could do is actually become an expert on the real thing. And so sit around studying real money. Know what it feels like. Know how much it weighs. Know what the colors look like. Know those little things that tell you it's legit money. I don't really know much about money, but you get the point. The way to spot a counterfeit is to know the real thing really, really well. So guys, know God's word well. Listen to what the year 12s have been saying for like the last 10 minutes. They said it a lot. Get into the Bible. Love it. Read it, memorize it, take it to heart. Guys, over the last five years, I've poured out my life into serving here at EVU. Um, And I love it. I'm so grateful for that time. But I I love you guys. I care about you guys. And I can't really think of anything or many things that would be worse than to see you guys drift away from Jesus because you've bought some lies about him because you swallowed lies that someone told you. Because I can't wait for the day when we're going to be in heaven together, praising God. So don't swallow lies and drift away from Jesus. Watch your back. That's Peter's advice. But you know what? There's actually more to be said, because there's more to kind of sticking out Christian life than just being on the defensive. There's more to it than that. We actually need to be actively growing as Christians. Last week, Hazy talked about the fact that Christian life is a little bit like riding a bike. If you don't keep pedaling, eventually you'll fall over. You'll lose momentum. It's a little bit like climbing a, um, a slippery pole. And if you're not moving forward, you're just going to slide back down it. And so the second thing that Peter has to say here in his last words is this. row as a Christian. Row as a Christian. Check it out. Verse 18 just said, make sure you don't get carried away and fall from your secure position. But verse 18, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Now, he says there, did you catch it? Grow in two things. What are the two things? Grow in grace and grow in knowledge. Grow in those two things. Now, what does he mean by that first one there, grow in grace? Because I've been wrestling with that this week. It's a bit of a weird one because almost always in the Bible, When the Bible talks about grace, grace is something that God gives to us that we don't deserve. It's his undeserved goodness to us. So we're saved as Christians by God's grace. He chooses to show us undeserved grace, and so we're saved. Every single good thing in the world that we have is given to us by grace. And so what does it mean to grow in grace? It's a little bit of a funny saying. It's it's, it's like saying... Sounds like he's saying, you know, grow in your receiving of Christmas presents. And you're like, well, I can't really control that. That's just something someone gives me and I get that, and that seems good. How do you grow in grace? I think his point is that grace is what Christian life is about. As in what it means to be a Christian is to be someone who's saved by grace. And so I think grace, as in growing grace, is like a shorthand way of talking about being a Christian. So he's basically saying grow as a Christian. And then the other one he says, grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus. I think he's saying the exact same thing there from different angles. So grow in grace, grow in knowledge. I think they're both pointing at the same thing. And the point is grow as a Christian. I think that's what he's saying. Guys, like I said, remember, this is a summary of the whole letter. So what he's saying here is actually what all of 2 Peter is about from beginning to end. And so come back to chapter 1, and you'll see that this was the whole point back in chapter 1. Look at chapter 1, verse 5. Check it out. Flick over to chapter 1. This is his point there as well. He says, verse 5 of chapter 1, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities... In increasing measure, they'll keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christian life must be a life of growth. It has to be a life of growth. He starts off by saying, make every effort to grow. And he says, add in goodness, add in self-control, add knowledge, add these things in and make it bigger and, and change it and grow it. He says, if you have these things in increasing measure, you'll be secure as a Christian and so on. The Christian life must be a life of growth. It has to be. And so, guys, your Christian life won't go on hold for a year while you do the HSC. It's not going to just Put that to the side till I'm done with the HSC. Your Christian life can't just go on hold while you kind of have a little bit of fun in the party scene for just a little while, but I know I'm going to come back later on. You can't just put your Christian life on hold like that. If you're not moving forwards, you will move backwards. And there is no guarantee that if you let yourself start to move backwards that you'll ever get back on track and continue to follow Jesus. It must be a life of growth. And on top of that, guys, it's actually a growth that we're responsible for. The thing that we need to pursue. God helps us. In fact, in chapter 1, verse 3, it says that, that in God, we have everything that we need for life and godliness in Jesus. We have everything we need. So God helps us, but it's our responsibility to grow. I don't think I need to tell you guys tonight how you can pursue growing as a Christian. Remember what these year 12s already said. pursue your growth. And guys, I've got to say, I'm excited to see what God might do in all of you in the coming years. I'm really excited to see that. If you continue to grow as a Christian, if you continue to grow as a Christian, I reckon God's going to do incredible things through you guys. So over the last uh, week or two, right, I've actually seriously—I've had a chance to seriously think about what I'm going to do with the rest of my life after Bible college, and really consider, you know, what's the best thing to be doing. Because so I went to this church planning conference, which was here at EV Church for the week, and, in, and then this week I got to hear all this incredible stuff about the hectic needs that are out there across Australia. Because the reality is, guys, Australia needs to hear the gospel desperately, really desperately. And I was struck by how lucky we are here at EV Church and EV Youth to have a ministry like this where we're looked after and cared for. And, and all the things that we've got here are pretty amazing. And it's not, every place in Australia doesn't just have a youth group or a place like this. That's not the case. Australia needs the gospel. And so I found myself asking the question, well, you know, should I go and after Bible college plan a church or something like that? Like the people, people need to hear about this stuff. Um, but as I reflected on it, I could think of at least two reasons why I think it would be really worthwhile to stay and be part of this work and see this work grow, um, in my case. It would be a really good thing to go and plant a church as well and whatever. But there's two reasons, and these, these things are also kind of applications for you guys to think about, all right? Um, the, first of all, I think, I think I worked out this week is that I reckon EV Youth is like a church planning factory. I can use that word. See, I can imagine that in the years to come, God is going to use you guys incredibly for the gospel as you go out and do all sorts of things. Um, when I was in youth group, there was about 50 people uh, in youth group. And from that time, since then, so many of my mates have been used by God in amazing ways for the sake of the gospel. Uh, i got a mate, Jackson, who works in Sydney and is a Bible college, works at a church called Resolved. Another mate, Dan, went and planted a church in Wollongong. He's from Night EV. Um, Nicole became like a, a chaplain at Erin Ohio. He goes to Erin Ohio? Yep, there you go. That's your chaplain right there. Um, another guy called Adrian started all these things called flip sides all over the central coast. Um, all these other guys like John and Bronwyn and all these different people went into full-time ministry. And that's just the people who went into full-time paid ministry. There's all these other people who are doing incredible things all across the country. They're like the backbone of all these churches as they go to a place, live there, work there, and do ministry in a church and serve. There's these people doing incredible things all over the country, all from a youth group of 20 people. What might you guys grow up to be? How might God use you guys in the future? It blows my mind to think about it, even just these year 12s who are leaving us tonight. Who are you guys going to be? Under God, I believe that Incredible things will happen for the sake of Jesus. But all this will happen only if you keep growing as Christians. See, I didn't mention yet the other 20 or so people from youth group back in the day when there was only 50 people at youth, the 20 people who didn't keep growing, the 20 people who, who fell. Because so there's a lot of those people too, lots of my friends. Nathan, Dexter, Andrew, Amber, Kate, Sarah, Ben, Josh, heaps of people, can't even think of them all. So many people from a youth group that size who no longer follow Jesus, even though back then they said they did. And so guys, keep growing as Christians. Keep growing as Christians. But actually, there's there's another reason why I reckon it's really important keep pressing on in this work here as well. Another huge reason because not only do I reckon that God might do all sorts of incredible things through the Christians who are here, guys, I'm aware that there are so many people here, even tonight, who aren't Christians, who haven't yet put their trust in Jesus. So many of you guys are in that position. And and man, my heart is for you guys that you'd come to trust Jesus. Did you hear how Peter describes Jesus? He describes him as the Lord and saviour. Lord just means king. The fact that Jesus is the rightful ruler of the world and so he should rule our lives as well. And he's also the saviour, which means he's the one who who saves his people. He's the one who saves his people who've sinned against him and rebelled against him. And so Jesus is the Lord and saviour. And all you need to do to become a Christian is just ask that king, trust that king to save you because he died on the cross so that we can be forgiven. So put your trust in that king and have him as your Lord and Savior. And that's it. That's what it means to become a Christian. And so, guys, if you haven't become a Christian yet, put your trust in the King Jesus to save you. Seriously, do it. So, there's Peter's last words watch your back and grow as a Christian. Now, guys, this is awesome stuff. It's huge stuff. And I hope that you feel the challenge of Peter's words and God's words in the Bible tonight. I hope you feel it. I hope you kind of pick up that challenge and run with it. But there's one more thing that has to be said tonight. See, in all this talk about make sure you keep growing as a Christian, make sure you grow, make sure you watch out and watch your back, and, um, and make you know who knows what God might do with these people here in the future and all that kind of stuff. There's one thing that we all must remember. And that's why we do this stuff. Why this is something that actually matters. Why do we do all this stuff? Check out Peter's last words in this letter. The last sentence there. He's about to say, do all of this for the glory of Jesus. Look at the last sentence. To him, that's Jesus, be glory both now and forever. Amen. And so, guys, it's all about Jesus' glory. That's why Eva youth exists. That's why you exist. For Jesus' glory. His glory right now and into eternity. That's what matters. And so his name, his reputation, his worth on display to the world, that's what matters. And so it isn't about us. It isn't about us. We really easily forget that. Imagine like you got a mate, right, who's going to be in the new Hobbit movie that's coming out in a couple weeks' time and and you go to the movies with your mate and you're waiting for this scene that your friend is going to star in. Your, Your friend's in a scene from The Hobbit and you're watching the movie and you're going along and you're like two hours through the movie and you still haven't even seen your friend and then you get to like this bit and your friend's like... There I am, there I am, there I am, I'm right there. I'm the guy on the ladder, the, the one on the, the middle ladder. That's me, that's me right there. And you're like, oh, sick, and then he's gone. And you're like, wow, he's heaps good. He's, he's in the movie. He's like the center of the whole movie. It's nothing like that. Your friend's just some dude dressed up as an orc with 200 other people. He's just some extra in the movie, right? What's an orc? <laughs> that's good. Yeah, and so we'll get rid of that slide because they can't handle orcs. Um, lose the slide. Let's go. Thank you. All right. And so you're watching a movie like that, and and we love to put ourselves in the center as if it's actually all about us. But, guys, we're just an extra. In the bigger picture of what God's doing in the world, we're just some little extra dressed up on the side, and it's all about Jesus. So don't think for a second that all this stuff is actually about you. It's about Jesus and his glory. So here's where we land tonight. Will you watch your back? Will you watch out for false teachers and and make sure you keep going as a Christian? For your sake, I hope that you do. Man, for the glory of God, I pray that that would be what happens. Will you keep growing as a Christian? For your sake, I hope you do. For the glory of God, I pray that that's what keeps happening in your life. If you become a Christian tonight, man, that is awesome news. That's the best thing that could ever happen to a person. It's the best thing in the world. And there's so many reasons why that's such a great thing. But, man, I pray that if you do become a Christian tonight, that more than anything, I pray that for the glory of God, for the glory of Jesus, because he's the one who it's all about. Because one day I hope to see you all in heaven, and we'll be praising God for what he's done in Jesus. What are you going to do with your lives? I don't know, but whatever it is, I pray that it would be for the glory of Jesus' name. I'm going to pray now. Father, thank you so much for this gathering of people. Thank you for the family that it is, uh, for the friendships we have here, for the years that we spent together. But Lord, more than anything else, we thank you for Jesus, for the work he's done in us and the work that he's doing through us. And Father, I pray that either youth would be a church-planning factory one day. See hundreds of people take the gospel all over the world. Lord, I pray that all this would be for, for your glorious name.